Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. I'm going to give you my very best for the next 30 minutes because I really do believe that the Lord has something for you today and that he's wanting to speak directly to our hearts and our minds. You know, at the beginning of the year, the Lord, uh, yeah, there it is. The Lord told me that his desire and what he was going to do is he was going to begin to mature his, his body, his church, his bride. And I believe what that maturity looks like is that we become very honed in and focused on who Jesus is, is that we grow closer to him. We know him, that he becomes more and more our one thing. And um, have you ever had the Lord show you something, speak to you, maybe through a friend, maybe through his word, however, and it was a really good thing that the Lord told you, but that there were also things maybe that were in your mind that you thought, you know, I, I, I want to believe that, but there's also these other things. Anybody else? Any, I know I've, I've been there where it's like, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but there are these other things that are kind of contradicting what you're saying. And I want to talk today about the mountain of unbelief and that a lot of times that there are things inside of us that um, cause us to have a hard time believing what the Lord says. And I believe that in this season, the Lord is wanting us to uproot anything that isn't his truth and what he's saying and what he desires for our lives. And so we're going to talk about unbelief. We're going to talk about faith. Um, in Matthew 13, Jesus tells this parable about um, the seed and the soil. And he talks about there are four different types of soil. And I'm not going to get into that. You can go read it in Matthew 13. But what he's saying is that the seed, it's a really this picture of the seed is the word of God and that our hearts are the soil. Okay, and so the soil is really the condition of our hearts is what it is, the condition of our hearts. So we can say this is that the productiveness or fruit of a word of that God has spoken is not validated by whether or not it is from God. So um, let me say this is that so if God speaks to to us, um, the condition of our hearts is our responsibility, what we do with that word from God. So just because you say, well, God said this, and it might not have, you might not have seen the fruit of that thing. It doesn't mean that it wasn't necessarily a word from God. It might mean that the condition of our hearts wasn't prepared to receive that word in that season. Okay. And so of the four soils, there were three that weren't good. And I believe that as we come into relationship with the Holy Spirit and we submit our lives to him and we surrender to him, what he does is he is tilling the soil of our hearts and the ground of our hearts where we can receive every word that he says. God is always speaking, right? He's always speaking. And I believe we are called we are called to think his thoughts. He actually invites us into thinking his thoughts. Faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So faith doesn't come by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. 
So there, there's this part of hearing God, and I believe what that looks like is relationship with him. It's sitting with him. It is learning him. It is walking with him. And we learn to do that. What, what is fine-tuning our hearing is the word of God. And so we grow in faith as we learn to hear the Lord, right? And I think a lot of times, it, let, let, me, let me illustrate this, okay? Um, anybody uh, like, to, any, does anybody have a garden in here in the room? Okay, a few people, you like to garden. Um, we've, we've given it a shot every once in a while. We had, we had a garden last year, and it was awesome. And um, How many of you know that if you don't, no matter, no matter how... Um, hard you try, uh, if you don't, you, you can plant all the right things, but if you don't tend to that garden, there are going to be lots of weeds that grow. Okay? It's just true. The weeds find their way there, and you're like, how did they get there? Like, how in the world? It's like, I, I, I did this, this, and this to prevent weeds, and they still found their way there, right? And, <clears throat> and so, um, I believe that the, the word of God, we're talking about soil and we're talking about the word of God is the seed. I believe that um, what happens a lot of times in our lives is that the word of God comes and it is a pure seed. But I believe that sometimes there are things that are in our heart that are, um, they are conflicting with the stuff that the Lord has planted in our hearts. They are competing with the word of God. Okay. It's that there are these things like the Lord speaks to us. We have this word, but there are these other competing thoughts, these other competing um, perspectives in our lives. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to teach us how to uproot the perspectives that aren't his perspectives, the thoughts that aren't his thoughts. And I want to show you today that maybe you're like, I feel like I'm a crazy person because the Lord says this, but then there are, my mind's just in this battle. Like there's this thought and there's this thought, like somebody comes and tells me that I am loved by God. And I know that's true, but there are all these other thoughts that say, well, I did this and I did that. And this person told me I wasn't lovable. And there's all these other contradictions and things competing, right? <clears throat> and so the Lord wants to teach us how to uproot everything else and to just have what he says, right? Y'all with me? You know, some people might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm more of an intellectual, you know, I, that's how I, how I know God. Like I, I hear God through, through intellect and, um, and I have to figure God out. And the problem with that is, is that it is possible that you know the wrong thing. And um, I believe God, God doesn't have a problem. Like God is smart. God knows everything, right? And so we don't approach God through simple intellect. We approach God by faith. Try approaching a God who you can't see with intellect. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You're not going to perceive who he really is. We come to him by faith, right? 
And so it is the places a lot of times that we say, well, I know this and I know this that I believe we have to offer up to the Lord. Right. And it's not that you I think a lot of times we can get in our own way. Right. I think a big part of our growth in the Lord is us learning to get out of the way and to surrender to him and to see him. Colossians, it's um, as we fix our eyes on him, as we see Jesus, we find out who we are and what we're living for. So as we look at Jesus, we find out who we are. Right. Um, Let me, if you will, if you've got your Bibles, go to Mark chapter nine, verse 14. This is a, uh, this, I believe that this is going to illustrate this really well. We're talking about unbelief. It says this, when they came to the other, to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked a man in the crowd answered teacher. I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I, how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Uh, So Jesus is asking this question, if you can. So this guy's coming with the very least amount of faith possible, right? He's coming to God and saying, like, if you come to God and say, God, if you can, like you are coming with the least amount of faith there is. I don't know if you could show me another place in the Bible where somebody's coming with that small, small, like, if you can. So he's coming to God with like, hey, if, if, right? And, um, and then it goes on where it says, Jesus says, everything is possible for one who believes, right? It says immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, right? So he's saying like, if believing's the answer, oh, I do believe. I'm sorry, I positioned that wrong. I shouldn't have said if, I do believe. And then he says this, help me overcome my unbelief. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, Jesus, I believe you, but there are some other weeds in my garden that are competing with my belief. You know, sometimes we think that greater faith means more faith, right? Like I just need to grow my faith. But Jesus said this, he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is tiny, (laughs) there it is, the squeak. Um, Thank goodness this isn't like on the internet. Um, It is. Um, Just delete everything after. Um, But Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will be removed. So the problem isn't the amount of faith. I believe the problem is 
faith is not standing on its own. Is that there are actually some other weeds in the garden that are competing. So I believe greater faith is faith standing alone. Meaning that there aren't all the other contradictions, right? So let me keep going with the story. Says, so that the man had said, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. You know, the, the enemy always loves to present something in the natural to make you question the unseen, the thing that you believe. He'll always bring something into the natural that will contradict the word of God that he's planted in your heart. Faith doesn't deny that a problem exists, but it does not give influence to the problem. So faith doesn't deny that a problem exists. So I see a problem in the natural. Faith isn't saying, oh, it's, that person's not sick. They're not sick. That's just a lot. No, but it's, I'm not giving influence to that thing. Faith is saying, yeah, I see that, but there's a greater reality. There's a better word. What's the will of God? What's, what's his heart? What do, we, what do we know about the will of God? Jesus said this. He said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is the will of God on earth as it is in heaven? Right? On earth as it is in heaven. So we approach every situation and we we're, what, what needs to ha- what's happening in our lives is that we are learning that the word of God inside of us was always it, it will never conflict with on earth as it is in heaven. OK, it won't con- it won't conflict with that. It's that it will always be when we face a situation, we say, OK, what does on earth as in heaven look like right here, right now? And what it may mean is that we have to look and say, Lord, what is the thing that is in the soil of my heart that is competing with what you said, that is competing with heaven on earth? What is that thing? What's the contradiction? Right? All right, let me keep going. All right. Find my spot. Okay, so the spirit shrieked, convulsed, and violently came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. Actually, Another translation said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. So Jesus, so what was the problem in this story? For the dad, the problem was the demon, right? That was, that was the problem. He's like, my kid's got this thing. He convulses. He does all these things. That's the problem. To Jesus, what was the problem? Unbelief. That was the problem, right? So Jesus is saying the problem here wasn't the demon. The problem was unbelief. 
Unbelief will rob you of your authority. I'll say it like this. It'll make you unaware of your authority. It will contradict the authority that you have in your life. And what really happened here is Jesus, because there wasn't competing things for him, he knew what heaven on earth looked like. He was able to fully step into the authority that he had, that he has given you. And he casts out the demon, right? Stepped into authority. And so Jesus is now saying, okay, this only comes out. His disciples are saying, why couldn't we do this? Now, Jesus had given them all authority. We see that Jesus had sent out his 12 disciples, right? He had sent them out. And then he eventually, it worked so well that he, he sends out 72, right? And so he had given them authority, the same authority that he had, that he was expressing in the earth, that he was walking in. So the the disciples had the authority to cast out the demon. What was the problem? The problem was unbelief. Okay? And so the problem was there were competing things. What happened was they come, they're trying to minister to this child, and then something in the natural happens, and it begins to compete with what heaven on earth looks like for them. Right? How many times in your life has it been that you believe the Lord? You're like, I know he's healer. I know he's this. I know he can, he's, he's my provider. He'll take care of my finances. I know he cares about my heart and my life. But then something happens in the natural. Maybe a disappointment arises, maybe discouragement. And that comes to the forefront. And for a moment, there's like doubt. There's unbelief. There's, uh, is, uh, oh. And... What it will do is the moment that we engage with that, the moment that we begin to receive that into the soil of our hearts is the moment that we that we we no longer recognize the authority that we have in that situation and in that moment. Right. And so. It's already 1135, so I'm going to start landing this is. So what do we do when there's the contradictions? Okay, what do we do with that? What do we do? How, how are we plucking up the weeds? And so I believe it's in this. Jesus said, this only comes out through prayer and fasting. So he's saying this is, it is through prayer and fasting that you're actually coming out of unbelief. This is the great, like I, let me just be real with you. I, I am probably the world's worst faster. <laughs> okay, I like to eat. Um so it's something that you have to really work at. Yeah, or not, not work at, but it's something that it's like has to really become a discipline. It's like there's some people who are like fasting, just such a normal part of their lives. And for me, it's like I'll, I'll be the person like, hey, I'm going to fast. And then I'll be like watching a cooking show, you know, and uh, while I'm fasting. And so but fasting is saying this. It's saying I'm learning to value and to hung, I'm learning to hunger more for what is unseen than what is seen. In this moment, I'm, I'm actually, I'm wanting to put my mind and my thoughts on the unseen rather than what's in front of me. That's why one of the best things you can do whenever you're facing something and you're like, I don't know what to do is to go to fast is to go into a fast and say, okay, I am beginning to put my hunger and my desire on the Lord and his answer. 
That's what I'm doing. That's what fasting is. Fasting doesn't like earn you brownie points with God. It is you simply saying, I am turning my desire to something else. Prayer is this. Prayer is agreeing with what, who God, what God says. That's what prayer is. So prayer is this. It is I am turning aside. I'm fasting and prayer. It looks like this is I am putting my thoughts and my mind on what God is saying, what he is doing. And I'm putting my mind on heaven, on earth. I'm turning aside. I'm offering up all the weeds in my life to you, Lord. You have permission to change the way I think. I need your thoughts. I want to read this, and I'm closing. Colossians 3, chapter 1. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. I didn't give the guys in the back this scripture, so maybe I did. Yeah, I did. Man, I'm good. I'm joking. (laughs) Thanks. This is why we are to say, I love this. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the heavenly realm. I'm going to read that in the NIV translation. Just says it a different way. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the, the right hand of God. So he's saying this. I want you to set your hearts on things above. I want you to set your attention on these things up here. That you might have to, you might have to look a little higher than what's in front of you, right? Like, I know the situation looks like this. I know you're dealing with this. I know it doesn't look good. So you got to look a little higher to the one who is good, right? And then, so he's saying, set your heart. And then in verse two, he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So your identity, who you really are in him, is discovered as you begin to look up and you set your heart on him and you set your eyes on him and you see who he is. And what happens is he begins to empower you to become everything that he's made you to be. It is our fixing our eyes on him that begins to de-weed our hearts. So, again, it's not that you need to say, oh, I just got to grow my faith. If I had more faith, if I had more faith, then... I wouldn't be dealing with this. If I had more faith, then surely this person would get saved. If I had more faith, then this would happen. No, faith just the size of a mustard seed moves mountains. But when you begin to set your eyes on him, you begin to find, you see, the presence of God, it waters every seed. Okay? It waters it. That's why, that's why somehow weeds find their way into the garden is because they're like, oh, there's water there, right? But this is what happens as you begin to come into the presence of God. His presence will expose every wrong way of thinking, right? 
And it will also validate his word. His presence will, will say, hey, this is actually what I'm saying in this way. It's not this thing. It's not what I'm saying. So part of it is coming to him and saying, you know what? Maybe some of the things I know, maybe some of the, th- the ways I've been thinking aren't the way that the Lord thinks. And I need to come before him and ask him to de-weed my heart because the problem isn't the size of my faith. The problem is I've allowed things to compete with the word of God in my heart. It's a good word. He wants to pull, he wants to de-weed our hearts where his, his word is leading us. His voice is leading us. I believe that he wants, he wants uh, he wants you to begin to see the miraculous in your life. He wants you to walk in all the authority that he's given you. That you would pray for people and see the miraculous happen. That when trouble comes your way and there are all these things, is that you look beyond just what's there and you begin to say, you know, I know, I know this is happening, but heaven on earth. What does heaven on earth look like? Because that's in the realm where I've lived. That's where I've been hanging out because I've been praying and I've been with him and I've been hearing what he's saying. So, you know, Jesus, when he's, when he's confronting the spirit and the spirit begins convulsing, Jesus didn't say like, oh, I must, ah, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's not good. He just said, hey, get out. Because guess what? Even though there was a manifestation of something, he was living in a different reality. He's like, yeah, I know. I know this little boy that this demon it wants to take his life, but I'm living in a greater reality. I know that I, I'm living in a place where I know my authority as a son. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to constantly question who you are in the Lord. Constantly question, Lord, did you really say that about me? Did you really say that greater things that I would do? Lord, I, I, you know, I've been disqualified because, you know, I did this yesterday and I've, I've been living in this. And even with the things in your life, with the sin, you've got to come into a greater reality. The places that you feel like you just can't overcome. What does heaven on earth look like? What does Jesus say about that? What is the word? Maybe for you, you say, I know that the, at the cross, I was forgiven. I know at the cross, I know that Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But there's this competing thing inside of me that's telling me that I should be ashamed of myself. And I believe today in the Lord's presence, where even some of you have felt the shame and guilt, he's wanting to say that weed right there, that has been the very thing that has held you in the place that you've been. And so he's saying, I want you to know that in me, there's no condemnation. And the moment that's the thing that stands alone is the moment that you realize I don't have to be dictated by shame and guilt in my life as I'm free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. So for some of you, the things that you have held on to and believed, and you're like, I so badly want to believe the Lord, but you've held so tightly onto other things that are competing with that. I believe today in his presence is that he wants to expose what the enemy has been planning and suggesting to you. I tell you this, the enemy is going to continue to suggest things to you. There are going to be other competing things. 
He wants you in a place where you recognize it and you can say, you know what, I reject that. I reject that. That's not who I am. That's not who he is. Heaven on earth. That's where I live. Heaven on earth. It's good. His will, his, his, his ideas, his, listen, you, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that you have been given the mind of Christ. Do you know what's available to you to think the very thoughts of God? He thinks good towards you. He has not belittled you and he has not left you out. He has given you an inheritance. And for some of you, you have let all the other weeds dictate what you can and can't have instead of in Ephesians where it talks about all the heavenly treasures, all the heavenly treasures. Colossians talks about the heavenly treasures that are yours, that are your inheritance. And so today the Lord wants to come and he wants to show you he's not coming to beat you up. He's coming to say that thing that you've been holding on to that has kept you from all the good stuff. I want to pull that thing up. Will you let me pull it up? Will you quit holding hands with that thing? He's inviting you into truth. The truth will set you free. The truth is probably so much better than so many of us think. You are not, you don't sit here today condemned. You don't sit here today disqualified. You have an inheritance. Jesus paid it all at the cross. He made a way for you to be able to live like he lived in the earth, to walk with the Father, to walk in peace and joy and righteousness. Amen. Hey, let's stand this morning. And I want us to do this. I want you to bring your heart, the condition of your heart before the Lord. And to ask him just while we're in his presence, yeah, let's just come before him. I, I want you to bring, bring your heart before him and just ask him, say, begin to show me, Lord. Show me, Lord, the places... Show me the things that have been competing with what you have said about me, what you've said about life. Show me the thoughts that aren't your thoughts so that I can turn from those things and turn to something much better. I thank you that you are causing our faith this morning to stand alone. Yeah, just you and the Lord this morning. I want you just to invite him in. Invite him into those places. Show him the, I, I say, Lord, show me the thoughts I've had that aren't your thoughts. What have I agreed with? What have I said yes to that you aren't saying yes to? What have I thought about myself that you don't think about me? Lord, today we ask that you would give us your thoughts. I thank you that your presence, that it waters every seed. And so today I thank you that your presence is revealing to us truth and it's, and it's showing us everything that is the lie of the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, that you are de-weeding our hearts. We give you permission this morning to do what you want to do in our hearts. We, we make you Lord of our hearts. Come and be the Lord of our lives. We welcome you. We love you, Jesus.
love you this morning, Lord. I bless your people. I thank you, Lord, that you have given each of them a measure of faith. And I thank you, Lord, for the authority that you have given them as sons and daughters. And I thank you that today, Lord, you're removing every lie, every suggestion that they aren't enough, that they've got to make it all work, that they have to control it, that they've got to um, have it all together. I thank you, Lord, that you are removing all the things that have held them in bondage. And I thank you, Lord, that you are setting them free to believe you, to hone in on what may be unseen, but it's what we know to be true in our hearts. And so we just thank you, Lord. I bless your people. I bless your people with peace and with joy. I bless them with righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.